Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to our Super Bowl uh, edition of Two Guys and a Mic. I'm one of your hosts, uh, RP. And I'm your other host who actually predicted the outcome of the game, uh, Big Sean. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wait, 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 hold up, hold up. Don't, 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 don't start the show. Like <laughs> Look, we're going we're gonna to spend 40 minutes <laughs> on that. <laughs> Because uh, if, if, if I recall correctly, your, your numbers were far from 31 to 9. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I predicted a Tampa Bay victory. So I pat myself on the back a little bit. I'll give you that. You definitely picked. Uh, <laughs> now, as far as, as the final score is concerned, I had no idea that Kansas City was going to be in that. But. And that's where that's where I, I was most of the night. I'm just like, wow. And if. Any of you guys follow us on Instagram and Facebook, you see the, the post I put up a little bit ago. It actually says, wow, I didn't expect that. And it wasn't that I didn't expect Tampa to have a chance or the possibility of Tampa winning. I, I, I didn't see, I, I truly did not see a 22 point win. Uh, neither did Vegas, because they had it at three and a half. I think when I woke up today, it was three and a half uh, for Kansas City. So, Nobody saw no 22-point blowout. Nobody did. Uh, they didn't even – I think the money line was 56. So they – Yeah, the over-under. Yeah, the over-under was 56. I mean, the over-under, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, uh, the over-under is was 56. Which so, I – I almost bet on the under. I started to, and I didn't for some reason. I'm regretting because, that. You know why you didn't. I'm going to tell you why you didn't. Because you would have thought that Kansas City would have scored more than nine points. Right. I mean, I, I mean, figured, I figured, you know, in my mind, I said, you know what, the defenses are probably going to play a little bit better than people expect them to. So I was like, let me go ahead and do the under Then I kind of just kind of talked myself out of it, you know, based on kind of what you're saying. It's like, well, what, what, is there a better chance of the defense playing, you know, up more up to par or the offenses doing what they normally do? And I kind of lean towards the offenses. Um, yeah, my thought process. So. It it just wasn't. Unfortunately, for from a viewership standpoint, it just wasn't the Super Bowl most people thought it was going to be. Um, uh, I I enjoyed it. You know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad game. It just wasn't right. what everybody thought it was going to be. So right, I don't I, I don't know. Maybe I'm saying it. Maybe I'm coming no, off. No, like no, it was a no. Bad game. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I mean for like the for most fans, most fans want to see a close game. You know, they want to see a shootout. But I remember what we were talking about the other day. I was interested in seeing the chess match. Yeah. You know, and yeah. just seeing how, um, you know, the Tampa Bay defense disrupted everything Kansas City was trying to do, which was one of, you know, my keys. I said, they have to. Really, I've been saying that about Kansas City going into the playoffs, like stop being scared of them. Get up, in a, get up in get up in their chest, attack them a little yeah. bit and throw them off yeah. their square. And yeah. really, um, them not having their two starting tackles that hurt showed up. Yeah, that that definitely where this ugly head during the game, man. But go ahead. 
Uh, no, I was just going to say, uh, I had a few takeaways. And, and, you know, let's go ahead and get into the takeaways. It's kind of late. So let's uh, let's try to get into the game a little bit more so that we can, uh, you know, dissect our little parts or whatever we think uh, happened. So I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll get started. So a couple of my takeaways. Uh, number one, like I said, it just wasn't the game that I, I'll put it like this. The, the game itself was a lot like the halftime show. It wasn't that it wasn't full of talent. It wasn't that it was the worst thing you've ever seen. It just wasn't what you expected. You know, I, I kind of got to a point where I would, listen, I went into the kitchen and started hanging the TV. Like it, just, <laughs> it wasn't entertaining after a while. Right. That's how, that's how bad uh, it had gotten, but it's not because the two teams sucked or, you know, it, it's been years yeah. for you new going in, like the Chargers versus the, the, the 49ers, like back in 95-ish. We yeah. knew what was going to happen in that game. We knew that them dudes didn't stand a chance against, uh, you know, the 49ers that year. You just knew it. Right. Uh, and and, it, and then as the game went on, you just saw saw that. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes you have to just have those years where that happens. So, but uh, getting back on point or back on base, um, some of my takeaways were simple, but listen, first of all, one of my biggest issues in the game was the, the, the doggone referees. Um, I, I just felt like they were calling stuff that didn't need to be called, at, especially early on. There were some penalties that I'm like, man, come on, bro. That ain't that that's not egregious. That's not egregious enough. Hell, had they called some of those holding penalties the exact same way, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, the Browns could could have been in this game because the same holding stuff has been going on. Was going on in that game. Even Jim Nance said uh, that this is something that these cornerbacks uh, do. They do a lot of physical holding and pulling and stuff. So they've been doing it all year, and now you decide that this is a penalty? Well, the, this crew, this particular crew, because I had read this yesterday, um, they called the most holding penalties all season. Well, they made, listen, they, they made sure that they. Uh, they more so, but they, they were talking about more so on the offensive holding, the offensive lineman holding. But they said as far as holding penalties, this crew called the most. I really didn't have a problem with it because they, 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 they were holding penalties. Well, listen, again, the reason that I can't say much about it, I didn't, what you didn't hear me say was that those were bad calls. Yeah, where I got I'm going, Where I'm going is in terms Let of continuity. Yeah. So if, if we're playing and we've been playing this exact way, let's say all of a sudden the three-point line just goes back in the championship game and you didn't know that it was going back. That could change how many of those shots that you make. And if that's a huge part of your offense, y'all, y'all wasn't calling this before. This wasn't a call before. I saw at least five or six holding penalties uh, in the Browns game versus the Chiefs. And if this is what they've been doing all year long, why would it change today? What's well, a different crew, though? I, I mean, it may have been a different. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, I, that's, no, that's not I understand right. now. Listen, listen. I do understand what you're saying. I, I, I get that. I do, and I know that this is supposedly the best crew 
because they picked the best crew or whatever uh, to do the championship games, as they should. Right. But my thing is, maybe there needs to be some level of conversation uh, with the teams, like, yo, you know, this is what we do. The, the, the only way I would have had a problem with those calls is if they were being one-sided, like if Tampa was getting away with it. And, now, and I would say that. It wasn't. Well, now, so if, if it was like that, I would have been like, well. And, and we're not talking about holdings. We're talking about, like, say, the 15-yard personal file. Uh, on on the honey badger. Well, he yeah, wasn't doing, he wasn't that wasn't no fifteen yard penalty dog. It just wasn't. Right. Now that now that I agree with. Or if anything, it should have been offsetting penalties because okay, Tom Brady. Was, there you go. There you go. It should have been right. offsetting penalties. Now and that not, none of these games. I mean, excuse me. None of these calls. I don't think quote unquote changed the game. Not changed it to to the extent that I mean, hell, Tampa Bay was winning from from pretty much to jump so it wasn't there was a couple that may have but i don't know how controversial like the one where they were were offsides on the on the kick on a uh, field goal or something yeah and they ended up getting them a first down and then they got a touchdown after that and then the one some people were questioning um at the end of the half when it when they went deep down the sideline and dude fell and he tripped, but he, but he but tripped you know, in, in real time. In real time, you're gonna make that call because it looked like in real time it did look like a penalty. I said, dang. He he did grab his ankle though when he fell. It wasn't like he, he was like, like feet really was, But I mean, you, you again, I think that goes that's because it was slow motion. So if you look at it in fast motion and you're the you're the back judge, and so you back there in the back and you're trying to Try to move this microphone because I think it's messing up my background. Uh, you're the, you're the back judge, so you're trying to make that call while you're kind of backpedaling, watching the play. You don't quite see your line of sight. Is this dude is behind Mike Evans? Right. You have to make that call in the moment at that situation in that situation. And I know why he why he threw that. I actually didn't have as much of an issue with that. As I did with some of the the holding that you've done all year long, and I think what I'm saying, yeah, that was a different crew and all that stuff. Listen, it needs to be equivalent all the way across the board. If if it's travel, it's travel. If you take if you take more than three steps, just damn it, you travel. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think I don't think we'll ever get to the point where we'll have um, continuity and officiating in any sport. Cause, because just just because of the human element of it and what what certain guys perceive as you know what I'm saying like you yeah. see you see NBA games now sometimes you know where you know it's a free fall they let them do whatever or a baseball game yeah. where the yeah. umpire he just for whatever reason that day he's like I'm giving the pitchers two inches off the plate <laughs> all day yeah. you know how they do it. yeah I don't use there, there's no especially uh, Angel Hernandez who I think is the worst umpire and Major League Baseball. How is this dude still a, a dog or umpire, bro? I have no idea. Like, seriously, I'm not joking at all. How on earth is Angel Hernandez still uh, licensed or whatever the hell you got to be to be a damn <laughs> umpire? How, a licensed and bonded umpire. I mean, I, I, I mean, damn. Major League that Baseball, dude, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, this that dude was running with more people. This dude had run-ins with cats that ain't even in the league no more. <laughs> right. 
Like, and you still got run-ins with new cats too? Come on, bro. Angel Hernandez is awful. And like, it carries over to when guys were were, were playing and now their managers, like his beef carries over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i just had a few issues with the with the umps i mean excuse me, the umps with the referees today you got me thinking about baseball now right uh, i had a few issues with some of the calls other other than that um uh my other issues were more schematic than anything else i think like you said i think that the offensive line issues that um, Kansas City had was a problem. Uh, I know that we, if we go back last year, year before last, everybody would say, Baker Mayfield's running for his life. Listen to me. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life today. Man, that dude was running like he was trying to get back to Coney. Man. <laughs> and he was stuck in the front. <laughs> You're right. He's trying to trying to get back to Coney. Man, listen, like, he was running around today. That dude, like literally, it was like a jailbreak almost every play. He would step back, and and there was somebody in his face every time, and they weren't they they would run or excuse me they would blitz a, a fifth guy sometimes. Sometimes they were saying a sixth guy. I know one play they sent both of the corners like they were different guys coming at each moment but generally it was just the front four the front four was just overpowering those guys I don't know if the moment is too big uh I don't know if and I'm not criticizing these guys because they're they're not starters right they're not starters and this goes back to what we were saying most of the season when we had guys that were filling in um you sometimes you if you're asking a guy to do something that's not that's not really in their wheelhouse. How much, you know, land basing can you do with this guy or to yeah. this guy? You kind of have to understand. You know what else was crazy is even when Mahomes had time, he was off, man. He was throwing passes in the dirt. He was just off target. And that's why I don't, you know, with the cause, because a lot of people, the thing I hated about the penalties the most, I was like, okay, this is going to give the Tom Brady conspiracy theorist fuel, you know, to say that, you know, they, they're the ones that, ha- you know, that handed them the game. And I was like, no, because even cause the penalties had nothing to do with Kansas City not scoring. It wasn't like KC was getting offensive penalties. It wasn't like they were driving, getting holding, or they were just calling stuff to, to mess up their drive and things like that. Yeah, that hurt them on the defensive side. But that, that was no excuse for them. Not, they didn't score a touchdown, man. But that's that's what I not was saying. Not even in garbage saying, time, you know? But, uh, that's what I was saying when I was saying that uh, none of the penalties really kind of changed the outcome. None of the penalties that I was mad at, I just thought that a lot of shit was ticky-tack. I get um, it. I get and, it. But I don't think, I don't I think don't the ticky-tack, like those plays didn't happen in the end zone. Those right. plays didn't take points off the boards per se. Maybe eventually as the team strolled down the field or something like that. You could you could make that argument, but like overall, I don't think that any of the penalties stopped what was already apparent. Like you said, they didn't even score a touchdown. Like it wasn't like they were they were coming back and some goofy ass call happened. It really was no goofy ass call. I just didn't like all of it. Right. And they said it at halftime too. Actually, I, I was they thinking. Did. 
I was, I was thinking surprised. I'm surprised they, they said it. But rest, chill out. Let these dudes right. play. And that's where I was at. Like, let these dudes play. They, you know how hard this season has been? You don't want to be, listen, I, I, I have always thought this way. And I think, I can't remember who it was specifically, but some announcer said this, and I, I want to say it was Tommy Heinsohn, because Tommy is, a, is is over, he's a habitual line stepper like this. <laughs> Tommy was like, in one game, you got to let these guys play. Nobody came to see y'all, and then nobody come here to see you blow your whistle. And almost right. ever since then, and it was like late 80s, early 90s, when I heard this, ever since then, I've, I've agreed with that. Nobody comes to see the dudes in the stripes. There's no reason for me to know uh, the referees' names like that. Right. You know, but it happens, and I get it, and you're, you're in a high-profile spot. So, I, again, I understand it. I get it, but nobody comes to see you. Everybody comes to see the GOAT, that guy, not you. And you shouldn't get in the way unless it's an actual penalty. But that means you got to call the calls that are actual calls. You got to call the stuff that's actually a penalty. Or, or if it's a penalty today, it's a penalty next Sunday. It's a penalty the Sunday after that. It does. It's a penalty on Super Bowl Sunday. Right. It's, so it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough because if you, you know, on one hand, you know, we'll say it's ticky tack, but then if you're a, a Tampa fan and they, then you don't call it. And it's like, well, damn. I don't care what you, you, you got to, Listen, if you call the game right, you're going to yeah. be mad anyway. But, you know, you'll end up being more mad. Like, let's say with the Browns, we've had players that you knew that was passing the fence. <laughs> as, soon as, you, as soon as you saw the flag, you was like, damn it. Right. <laughs> so if you're actually yeah. watching the game and trying to be a fan uh, with emotion, you're going to be mad at everything anyway. That's true. But if you're actually watching the game and you know what happened, you're watching the game, you're like, this guy, come on, bro. You can't do that right there. And you can't give Tom Brady another opportunity. And I'm going to get to that in a second, too. So uh, let's get back to that offensive line. That offensive line was just in a tough spot. And Patrick Mahomes was literally running for his life all day. All day. This is a guy who isn't over his turf toe. He probably shouldn't have been playing. His turf toe was a problem in, in the game against us. I think that's when he injured himself or he right. made it worse against made it us. Worse. Yeah. Um, so it rolled over into last uh, two weeks ago in the championship game, and they were still able to, to pull that out. But uh, you listen to Deion Sanders talk about turf toe. It's something that just doesn't go away. So by the time they mentioned in the uh, broadcast that um, – Mahomes was limping. I had already picked up that on the fact that he was limping that yeah. two quarters ago. I saw him right. limping in the first quarter because he hasn't totally gotten over that. So put to put these three things together. Not taking away the championship from these guys, but right. just put these three things together. You got the, a, a a patchwork of an offensive line and a hurt, injured Patrick Mahomes. It will affect how these guys are playing. Yeah, they were just out of sync, man. They were dropping passes. And I'm gonna tell you something else. I'm gonna tell you something else that took them out of sync too. But 
I wanted to mention that offensive line again, and this is why I kept saying, uh, you know, like saying the offseason for the Browns, we got to make sure that that line has depth. We lost a lot of people on our offensive line, and in some cases, we didn't miss much. Not saying that those guys weren't missed, but we managed to, to be able to play through a lot of bad situations because we had a deep offensive line. Mm-hmm. These guys didn't have that, and you could see the difference. So I'm going to continue to advocate for a deep offensive line that understands our blocking schemes, whether it's a pass or, or, or a throw, uh, right. a pass or a run type of situation. And they didn't have that, but this team still made it to the, to the Super Bowl uh, as defending champions or whatever. So that's always going to be high on, on my list in terms of shit for the Browns. But that offensive line and his injuries hurt. Now, I'm going to tell you something else that took them off, and this was my next point, actually. It was a perfect segue. You mentioned this a little bit earlier in the show, uh, and it really showed up in this area. Them dudes wasn't scared uh, on Tampa Bay, and they just got into these guys. They bumped them off of the line. Uh, They interrupted a lot of what they did. They didn't just let them run freely. And you have to do that with this team. Right. You gotta you gotta get in their way. Listen, you Tampa Bay's defense is if I, I I didn't look it up, but I'm gonna look it up. Tampa Bay's defense ain't ranked that much higher than ours. Yeah, which is I don't understand how they calculate um these rankings at all. Cause this because this night and day. Cause even when thing I thing I noticed when you know Kansas City was trying to do that, you know, their quick passes, their quick passes in the flat bubble screens and all of that, man, the Tampa's defenders were right there. Yeah. Right there. Because yeah. a, line, a linebacker was up there. You know, you saw Levante David all over the field. Devin White was all over the field. Shaquille Barrett. Um, you know, the same, man, they did, it was a total team defensive effort. And they just shut, they just schemed the hell out of that game. Yeah. I don't know what scheme they were running at all. Yeah. Um, it's almost like they were running. They because they were really just bringing pressure with the with the four front four. They would bring a safety blitz or a corner blitz every now and then. But it was almost kind of like they were just playing a shell. Like they just had guys kind of like a zone where you had coverage all over the field. And it was a guy in a spot everywhere. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. I'm, maybe I'm mis misstating that, but that's what it seems. No, I don't think you are. I think you're. I think you're more right than you are wrong. Um, but again, if you watch, like, go back and watch the game. When these guys started getting into their routes, there was a bump. There was somebody else picking them off the line. So it threw off the timing. Like if you're, if you're in a three-step drop, one, two, three, you got to be ready to throw that ball coming out of the third step. That's something that whether you play quarterback or not, you've heard enough. You understand it. He couldn't. He couldn't do that in three-step drops. He couldn't do it in five-step drops. These guys did everything they could to disrupt the timing of Patrick Mahomes. They did not give him time from from the blitzing. They didn't give him time with his wide receivers because they were bumping him and getting jumping routes. So right. stuff that he was used to seeing, he didn't see. And I'm a, and here's the other point that I wanted to make. Not only that. 
The defense definitely did their job. Tampa Bay's defense definitely did their job. The fifth point that I had, and that's my final point, was I saw some uncharacteristic drops today. This loss ain't on Patrick Mahomes. This loss is on those doggone wide receivers, man. These guys dropped passes that could have gotten them touchdowns and first downs yeah. all night, all night. Not just like once or twice, Travis Kelce. I mean, we're talking about all pros. We ain't talking about, uh, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones or, uh, right. you know, some some third or fourth or fifth dude down the line. We're talking about Travis Kelce. We're talking about Tyreek Hill. Y'all dropped passes today that you can't drop in these big games, especially no. when you're trying to mount a comeback. And I'm right. here to tell you, I watch this dude run around, run around, run around. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, he it's over. The play's over. This play's over. And he just throws this ball casually into the end zone and hits a dude in his face mask. And he dropped it. Twice I saw that tonight. Yep. That's two touchdowns that didn't get caught. One was on fourth down. It wasn't Patrick Mahomes who lost this game. This game was lost. Because these guys, like you said, these guys were never in a rhythm. Tampa and, Bay did everything that they could to keep them out of a rhythm. Right. And, um, and that's what I'm saying about these one-dimensional teams, too. Yeah. Um, I said Kansas City does not try to run the football. And that's how Tampa Bay played it. Now, if you notice, um, at the beginning of the second half, when Tampa, not Tampa, when Casey got the ball to start the half, they start running the ball a little bit. And they they had some success. They had some success, yeah. And I was like, well, why didn't y'all work that into the game plan? That way, you keep the defense off balance. Now, now maybe you can't bring all that pressure coming like that full steam because now you gotta, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I like about having a diverse offense when you can't predict what the other team. And that's and that's kind of way yeah. the reason why I gave the advantage to Tampa going into the now, game because Tampa can do a little bit. They're more diverse offensively to keep um, the KCB yeah. defense off balance, and they ran the ball pretty well. You know, Fortnite and uh, Listen, Robert Jones play, had a hell of a game today. I hate, I hate to, I hate to keep breaking up the Browns. Uh, Tampa Bay ran twenty-eight times against a team that doesn't run the ball well. Uh, Leonard Fournette had. Had 89 like yards. 89? Uh, okay. And Ronald Jones, uh, 16 carries for 89 yards for Fournette. And then Ronald Jones, uh, the second, had 12 carries for 61 yards. Both of them over five yards per carry. We did not run the ball that much against the Chiefs. We didn't. We threw more. Tom Brady only threw 29 times. Mm-hmm. We threw in that game against the Chiefs, we threw uh, almost 40 times. We didn't run the ball enough. That's what I kept saying. Got to run the ball against a team that don't know how to stop the run. You can't tell me that Leonard Fournette is better than Nick Chubb. I'll take Nick Chubb right now over Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has some good runs in him, and he has been good in his, few, in his past. He ain't better than Nick Chubb. Right. Hey, your sound just went out, RP.
Uh, hey, to, to check your mic, you're, you're, I was trying to tell you, motion to you that uh, you had went on mute. Oh, did I go out? Yeah, you're, you're back now. You went on mute for about 10 seconds. Okay, my bad. Um, all I was saying was I don't make this, I don't want to make this into, uh, you know, like a, like a Browns bashing or a Browns what we didn't do. I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at the guys who have, who are there, who've been there. And I want us to be there too. So I want to be on that level. I want to be par with these guys. I right. want to be able to play with these guys uh, with my team. I want my team to be there and I want my team to think through these problems. So these guys ran 28 times against a team that doesn't run well and they averaged over five yards to carry with both of their guys. I will take our two guys, Hunt and uh, and Chubb versus uh, Jones and Fournette every, every week. Every week I'll take ours over them. But you have right. to find some, some level of balance as you continue to go forward. And it ain't just the, the offense. The hey, and, and, and then another um, surprise, too, was, you know, Gronk had a huge game. You know, he only, it, it only shows maybe three catches for 60-something yards or uh, something like that or four. But, two of them for touchdowns. Yeah, two of them for touchdown. But he had huge plays over the middle, man. So he had a, 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 hey, a, a, quite a few chunk plays. Listen, and he made the catches when he needed to make the catches. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Like, when you – when, when you're supposedly the guy, they brought you back to do this. You got to come back and you got to do that. Tom right. Brady brought you back. You wouldn't, listen, if that were any other used to be Patriots quarterback that he played with, he wasn't coming back. He came back because it was Tom Brady. And my boy has sent me a text and I didn't even think about this. He was like, man, he was like, the Chiefs are getting beat by a team that has a bunch of cast offs from other teams. And I was like, damn it, you're right. Oh, no, I saw that. At least on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I saw that. And hell, defensively, too. They got JPP and Dominican Sue. Sue, yeah. You know, they got guys that have been cast off. Uh, You know, pretty much, I guess, throughout their their roster. Definitely offensively. Um, You know, with Fournette, uh, you got Tom Brady. And, And I don't know that Tom Brady was cast off, but I would feel that way if I were him. When you don't want to re-sign me, uh, yeah. I don't know that. And, and, and I, hear, I hear a lot of Tom Brady hate out here. A lot of people saying, "Well, he didn't do this and he didn't do that, and he didn't contribute to this Super Bowl and he didn't contribute to that Super Bowl." He threw three touchdowns. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm like this, this, this man just went to a whole nother team with no offseason, no offseason program, and no preseason, and won a damn Super Bowl against the defending world champions. And Bro. a lot of people weren't giving them a shot, you know, to win this game. It wasn't like people didn't say they didn't have a shot at all, but you know, most people were leaning KC. Yeah. Um, and this were. game, so I have to give this man. I was. And I've, <laughs> never I was. I, I've never been a Tom Brady hater. You know, I'm not a I'm not a Tom Brady fan. You know, what I'm saying I'm not a right. fan boy. I wasn't a Patriots fan boy, but I always respected, you know, his game. He always made plays when he had to. And people bring up the cheating scandals and stuff like that. And my thing is, yeah, the Patriots did some shady stuff, but you still have to execute. Still got to play the game. Still got to play the game. And and one of the things I I most respect about you in terms of your ideology, in terms of how, how you call things or say things, is 
you do have at times, at times, depending on what we're talking about, you have this <laughs> level of, of being unbiased and, and 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 bipartisan about what you're saying. Like you at least understand the game. You can hate a dude. Like we don't like Ben Roethlisberger, but we both agree he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And if he right. if he doesn't get to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, we will both say, "What what the hell is wrong with them?" Because the dude has done right. the work. He has and done. Speaking, the work. You know what? And why you mentioned the Hall of Fame? Um, oh, that was awesome. Hall of let's, Fame let's committee for not wait, putting wait, hold up, hold up, yeah. hold up. Don't do that yet. Let's let's get finished with this, and then we'll get to that. <laughs> I, I do right. want to talk about that. I do right. want to talk about. It. I'm glad. I'm glad I brought that up. Not even thinking about it, and you picked up on it so good. But listen, whether you like Tom Brady or not, I'm like you. I'm not a Tom Brady hater, but I'm not a Tom Brady fan either. However, when I'm watching football, I know good players. I know good players. I know dirty players. I can see it. You know, unless you actually play and you're on the field, and I get some intel from somebody on the field, you find out. And this dude is way dirtier than you think. Or he said this to me in my ear hole or something like that. That's different. But from the surface of things that we see, I know a bad, listen, man, Tom Brady's a good freaking football player. I want to just call him a quarterback, but he's a good football player. And people don't like him because of his politics. You know how many people that you root for on a Sunday that voted for uh, Donald Trump? Right. You have no idea. Lots. Yeah. So like, let that shit go. Exactly. You want, a, you want a guy on your team? Listen, Joe Thomas, uh, uh, you know, went on the stage for George Bush at, at one point in time. You, you you think that that means that I don't like Joe Thomas? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's Joe Thomas. I still like right. Joe. So you can't dislike a guy because of his politics. You can't dislike the guy because he beats your team on a regular basis, your team need to get better. I don't dislike Ben because they beat, he beats us. I dislike Ben because he plays for the damn Steelers and he's a piece of crap. That's a difference. Right. It's a difference. So Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the GOAT. I said that uh, last week, week before, like two weeks ago, I said it. Yeah. And the reason that I said it was not because I'm a fanboy. I have been resisting calling this dude to go. After watching him take a team, like Sean said, a team that he wasn't on last year, whole new coach, whole new coaching staff, whole new regimen of what I need to do to be better going forward. Hold on. To, to do it. Because I, I just saw it all come on my screen. So I'm like, I don't know if that was cutting me out or what. Um, he went to a whole new atmosphere, a whole new environment, an environment that ain't familiar to him, an environment that he had to change. The reason right. that the damn Tampa Bay Buccaneers are where they are, where, whether they won tonight or not, the reason that they are where they are right this second, that dude right there behind me. That's why. He came with that cachet. He came with, I've been to nine Super Bowls. This is the way it's supposed to be done type of attitude. Right. I'm going to get up every 
Saturday morning, whether everybody is here or not, and I'm going to watch film. And I'm going to need my offensive coordinator and I'm going to need my uh, quarterback's coach. I'm going to need all y'all in the damn room with me. Yeah, and I think, I, I think uh, one of the biggest moments was when we talked about that, um, you know, the uh, unsportsmanlike conduct file that Tyron Matthew got. After that, KC lost their composure. But, bro, it, it, you know what? That penalty took the steam out of the honey. He wasn't a honey badger no more. He was Tyron Matthew. No, you're right. Exactly. He cycled in. Tom Brady kind of like psychologically got in their head. Got them, yeah. got them off their square, it, and that was pretty right much it at, at that point. Because I kept waiting for Kansas City to come back. I was like, it was what twenty-one. I was too. I was too. Okay, I was like, KC get the ball back. You know, they'll yep. go down the square. Like eventually, they're gonna be KC, and they're gonna have one of those drives. And they kept stalling and getting field goals, and I'm like, wow, you know, and it just never that you they they just it just I, never materialized. I truly yeah. thought it was over with when they came out, went three and out right out of halftime. I said, oh, that's it. They can't even, like, whatever was said in the, in the halftime didn't even uh, right. uh, materialize into at least a, a five-play drive, six-play drive type of thing. Right. And I, wonder right too, I wonder, too, if Andy Reid was distracted by the stuff going on with his son. Um, I know, like, athletes try to um, compartmentalize stuff and when they're on the field that's all that matters but what's going on with his son it sounds like his son you know may be under investigation for that accident yeah and i think that may have i think that may you know affected um andy reed mentally maybe a little bit maybe the way he called his game i don't know that for sure but well, it has to be in the back of your mind you listen. know and we especially especially when you're trying to and maybe not on game day, but maybe preparation. But that, that happened, where did that happen? Yesterday or the day before yesterday? Uh, I think it happened like Thursday or Friday. But I agree, it may have had something to do with his prep time. Like how right, he because we have to take time because I'm pretty sure at some point while all that stuff came down, he had to stop doing what he was doing game day and 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 figure out what the hell was going on. Even you know, he's looking at the, for the well-being of his son. His son may have been in the hospital for a minute, but well, whatever. That's that's where your assistant coaches come in. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Here's here's the thing, and you know this, and I know you know this, and I I, I know that at the end of the day, me and you are uh, are really good people. We try to be good people. We try to care. We try to think everything through. We try to. Uh, understand where guys are especially in tough spots i mean this is a tough spot if it's if my son was in an accident oh yeah i'm out i gotta go check on my son hell there was kids involved in this thing yeah, and you know right. what I mean? like it's, it's it's a lot it's a lot to this and right in the preparation stages he probably was he probably was distracted however that's what the assistant coaches are for Y'all guys have to keep it going, whether I'm here or not, to prepare us to win. Because that's still ultimately our job. It's not just mine. That's right. our job. Um, I don't think that Kansas City came in full of themselves. I just think they came in. No, I don't think they were full of themselves either. Expecting less 
and, and I don't know if that's possible. Well, you know, you know, here, here, here's the thing, I too. Do, I, I truly think that these guys are just ready to play. Tampa was just ready to play. Yeah, and, and here, and here's also what happens when you really don't have no adversity. They in three years. True. Yeah, true. You, you know what I'm saying? You've they've had close games, but they haven't had any real adversity. They like when the Browns went up. through. Yeah, what we had with the what the Browns went through this year was real adversity on the field and off the field. And when you get through that together, you kind of have, you know, you have a stronger bond too. When other stuff starts coming at you, you know how to handle it. Today, KC looked like, man, what is going on? What's 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 happening? You know, like that, like like that boxer going up against a guy that's not a journeyman that's not supposed to beat them. Like like you, the younger, stronger, faster fighter. And you in there with with a you know a, a, a journeyman fighter, and then he's slowly jabbing you here, boom, pointing you here, boom, quicker than you thought he was. Got a little bit more power than you thought he was. You know he wasn't supposed to be hanging in there like that, and now you kind of like confused. That's kind of what Kansas City looked like today. They didn't know how to handle that. Yeah. So um, overall, like I said, I actually enjoyed the game just watching the chess match. I'm actually looking forward to watching it again so I can really, you know, dig in. You know, being at a – and I wasn't at a – it was just three of us watching the game, but, you know, but we talking and, you know, and chit-chatting, eating and drinking and yeah. stuff like that. So, but I really want to sit down and really watch the game again and, and look at the more intricate details of it. But um, shout-out to Tampa Bay. Congratulations. Uh, part of me, you know, the hater in me, um, hates the fact that Tampa has two Super Bowls and we don't have any because their fans don't deserve it. Um, they're talking about Buck Nation. There is no Buck Nation. There is no Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans outside of Pinellas County or Hillsburg, Hillsborough County, Florida. But that's neither here nor there. But to the team itself and the organization, that that's a huge accomplishment, man. That's 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 big. So um, shout out to Tampa Bay. Shout out to Tampa Bay. Uh, honestly, shout out to uh, Bruce Arias too, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. He said he might retire. Road. I think I think he said he they won. He might retire, so I think he might walk back on that one. But we'll see. He probably will at least to come back because I think Tom Brady's coming back. So Tom will probably talk him uh, into coming back or whatever. But and uh, shout out to Ty Bowles. They didn't give Ty Bowles that uh, one. Out there that they didn't give him no credit. Shout out to Ty Bowles. He had a great. He, he his defense played great today. Uh, I mean, played great today against a great offense. Played great. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill looked regular as hell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He he looked regular as hell. So again, people think that you just show up and you just show off, and that that's what you do because you got this talent. But the other guys on the other side have talent and they have coaching too. There's a lot of layers to this. Uh, football fans and, you know, Browns fans. We just love to think that, you know, certain guys are just a distraction, et cetera, et cetera, without understanding how the game is actually played. Right. Yeah, Tariq Hill is a, is a fact. And what these guys did, to, uh, Todd Bowles going to, to Sean's uh, point, made sure that this guy wasn't going to have 200-plus yards on us and eight catches in no first half like he did when they met in uh, week 12. We're not going to do that. We gave him room. We're not giving him room this time. 
We gave him space. We let him run kind of however, and we were trying to meet him at certain points. You ain't going to win that way. He saw that. He picked that up, and they made adjustments to that. Now, the scarier part is that might mean that uh, Kansas City makes adjustments to how they run their routes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and think about this. They're going to have or be, or at least be close to uh, fuller, you know, close to their to their original offensive line going into next season. Yeah, all they need to do if if, if they just mix in the run, they don't even have to be. They have to get 60, a, forty. If, if if they just went seventy thirty, their problem uh, past the run ratio. I agree. I agree. Their problem, but you also got to have an offensive line, bro. You can't. You can't expect. I mean, especially in this situation, because here's something that's underrated in their offense. They do run, but some of their runs come from their quarterback. This dude wasn't running tonight. You know why? Because that toe was on fire. That toe was on fire, and you could tell it was hurting. He wasn't trying to go nowhere and do nothing. So that he wanted to be a pocket quarterback tonight. That was a problem. However. Agreed, agreed, agreed. If you had a running game, you could be a pocket quarterback. That'll give you the time that you want. So I would expect for them to, to either pick up a, a free agent running back or pick up somebody in a draft that they think is uh is capable. Yeah. Um Edward Hilaire is a good back. No, I listen, uh, I like Edward Hilaire, but but what we what we're seeing, I'm gonna be honest with you, the NFL is going more towards two guys yeah i got what you're saying so you're gonna need somebody else because while edwards i like edwards i like that kid i like that kid and the way he ran today he ran great today he was he was man that dude was running today when they gave him the rock yeah of course he had a couple of, of, of spots where uh you know where he had a couple of losses or whatever i think they just kind of sniffed out the run but that's what they did against us Right. They'll skip out the run at a certain part. I'm sorry, that was time. I'm thinking about Kansas City. Um, hey, let me ask you a quick question, kind of related but unrelated. Let's say you you are on you know a championship winning team, right? Mm-hmm. But you really didn't contribute all year long. You know, you kind of was a backup. You rolled the bench. You may have played a little bit. Um, now, would you be you know celebrating, taking selfies, and Running around acting like you, you know, or would or would you kind of just quietly celebrate, you know, kind of celebrate with your teammates, you know, you celebrate, you going you gonna pop the champagne, you gonna do whatever, but would you be taking, you know, selfies and doing all types of stuff like you actually help win the championship? Uh, well, it depends on what type of backup I am, to be honest. Uh, there's some. Oh, you ain't playing like, like you, you didn't even play in the Super Bowl. You ain't getting like one snap. I mean, but listen, here's the thing. Me, myself, is, is different than uh, it's different. It's different. It just kind of depends on my role. I, I know what you're saying, and I, I do agree. There's some people that go way more hammered than Tom Brady going to go. There's some guys that's going to go way more hammered than Leonard Fournette's going to go. There's some guys that's going to go way harder than Mike Evans. Shaq talked about that 
when the Lakers won the championship, like this guy's that was like over the top. Instagram loaded with pictures of them and the trophy and all, but you ain't even get off the bench, homie. So I do understand that. But some of it does go back into how, how did you end up on the bench? Like if I'm a veteran, I've been in the league for 15 years and I done played on multiple teams. And here I am probably on my last leg and I finally got what I actually came into the league for. I'm probably going to take some selfies with that trophy and I'm probably going to act a, a, a doggone fool whether I got in or not. Now, I may take a personal picture for myself. You know, and, and the reason why I brought this up is because LaShawn McCoy is ridiculous. No, LaShawn McCoy needs to cut it out. He's ridiculous. Uh, First of all, he's posting himself, you know, during his media day interview. I'm like, dude, you have a, you've been inactive for like the last six, seven weeks. And then no. today, you know, he's <laughs> posing with the, Trophy with a cigar. I'm like, you ain't doing nothing. You, you, now, see, the question that you should have posed, or, or I, now, see, I would have a problem with that because he hasn't contributed at all. That's different. That's what I mean. It's, it's different layers to it. Was I a backup player that played at some point? Was I a backup player that, that like, if I played, right. say, five games in the middle of the season because somebody was hurt? I contributed. Like I said, and I'm, I'm, and, I'm not, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying he's not allowed to celebrate because he's on the team. No, 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 no. Um, and can, he may I'm have good. contributed during practice on the scout team, help preparation, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. Listen. But Listen. that dude was running around there acting like, you Listen. know, he ran. He had he had three touchdowns and 175 Listen. yards. Listen. In the Sean McCoy needs to. I, I get it. I get it. I've never won a Super Bowl, but I get it. I get it. I get you being excited. However, the 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 over exuberance of winning is ridiculous when you haven't put forth the effort. But every listen, I don't I don't I don't know the balance in it. I, I get it. Yeah. But if if you're Jack Haley that played on the Lakers squad back in the day, you barely got in. You were like. Listen, the, the 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 platoon of power forwards and centers uh, when Jack Haley played, it was Kareem, Michael Thompson, Jack Haley. Power forwards was him, and at one point it was Sam Perkins, and then him. Bro, right. you you're not really playing. <laughs> you're not really playing. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry, AC Green was in there too. So you're not really playing, but I can't be mad at you, Jack Haley, because you at the at the celebration party and chicks want to holler at you or people want to take pictures with you. I can't be mad at you. Right. To be a part of that. However, just note as as the rock would say, know your damn role. And according to what my partner is saying, it doesn't look like. Uh, Shady, Shady acting like he he in his first year in uh, Philly right now. <laughs> right, and that's just, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. I sound like a hater. Nope, I get it. Nope. You know, but it. me, but me personally, when I, if I when I when I played team sports and stuff like that, and we won, and I didn't contribute in any type of level, 
I ain't feel like, you know, it's cool we won, but I wasn't like, yay, and running around and acting a fool with it. Hey, listen, yeah. when you contribute to a championship, I won two championships ever in my life. Uh, and let me tell you something. I've been on a lot of teams that didn't win. I I felt like, I felt like, man, it's thank you. Like, finally. Because it was towards the end of my playing at that time. So I'm, I was in the reserves, and we playing the base championship and flag football, and we won. And I was the starting cornerback. Uh, I had a pick, and, like, I played well. Like they said to me, I think you could be the piece because we didn't win last year. Well, that was the, our first loss in five years, and we won the championship. Mm-hmm. So I played a part in that. And then we won the base championship in basketball, and I was the starting point guard. Like, I contributed. I hit shots. I made free throws. I was – they were like, man, we never had a guy to run a squad like this. That I felt like that was my – those were my – those two championships were my championships. I'll never get those up. You know, I'll never get those. Up. So I do understand when you play for a long time what it feels like to win one, but I always want to be a part of it. Right. So, but I don't, I don't, I don't squat on cats that didn't play a part. Like I wasn't looking at guys that didn't get in the game. Like, what you celebrate? No, we all should celebrate. We're a team, et cetera, et cetera. But I do understand that sentiment uh, of the guy who, the guy who has on a uniform, but that mug ain't sweaty or dirty. All year, by the way, not just in this game, all year long. You were just here. Like, you did he even put on a uniform? Yeah, his uniform on a day. It wasn't, like, all tucked in. It's like he put it on just to, <laughs> just to I mean, not, not, not look. Like, he like put he the uniform on so he wouldn't be in street clothes. Like, he knew he, he wasn't going to play. Yeah, yeah, see? Yep, he probably could have been in street clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but so, hey. I, I got it. I get it. So, listen, man. Listen, at the end of the day, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm still watching uh, some of the, the post-game stuff right now. That's why I keep looking up. So I'm watching the NFL Network right now. Uh, they have Levante David. Hey, anybody who, who understands anything about football, uh, Levante David kind of locked up Travis Kelsey. He He's available this year, Cleveland Brown. Yeah, he's a free agent. So uh, maybe just, he's looking for a change of scenery. Just you know, just uh, throwing some stuff out there. Since I since I bring up the Cleveland Browns pretty much in every comment I make, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, let me bring let me bring him up again because <laughs> they're interviewing him right this second, and he was instrumental in this win. We just got finished talking about cats that probably weren't instrumental. Uh, Levante David had about four ass breakups today on Travis Kelsey. So say, listen, man, I know I know the weather is not good here like it is in Tampa. But we have great 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 restaurants here. You know, great theater system. You know, we got world class, you know, Broadway facilities. If you want to go check out some some shows. <laughs> there are things there, there are a lot of amenities here yeah. in Cleveland. And listen, I'll tell you something else that's great about Cleveland. You uh, Levante David would have 
Carte Blanche here at Two Guys in the Mic. Easy. Yeah. Easy Carte Blanche. Come on the show anytime you want. You can come on whenever the hell you felt like it. Uh, plug and plug whatever you want. You know. And and then we would give you, you know, as a parting gift, uh, one of our uh, Two Guys in the Mic uh, face mask so you can carry it around uh, the Browns facility. It is perfect exactly. for you. Just, just, just fool for thought, man. You know, so yeah, just think about it. Just, just think thought. about think it. About it you know, it's go a long on. off season. Go, go, go on vacation. I know you're tired. You know, celebrate, enjoy tonight. When you take the Lombardi Trophy home tonight to lay down with it, just think about what we said. Just consider what we said, bro. Because while you in Tampa, you'll never get on the show. Exactly. Well, maybe you would. Maybe you would. Maybe. Maybe once or twice, but you wouldn't have carte blanche. Right. So just just take some time, relax, and think about it, and hopefully we'll see you at number we'll fifty. Check you out. We'll check who had, you who out. has fifty four for the Browns now? What bond was wearing that number? Wait, was it Michael Smith? I didn't hear you, bro. What'd you say? I said, what what bum on the Browns is wearing fifty four this year? Was it Malcolm Smith? It, I think so, and it don't matter. Yeah, exactly. So the it number will be matter. free because your number will be because yeah. that dude, whoever it was. Won't be here next. next I think season. it was Malcolm Smith uh, who won a Super Bowl MVP, and we know now that winning a Super Bowl MVP means you just had a really good day. Exactly. Because uh, he didn't bring any of that to the field for us. Yeah. However, Mister uh, David, fill us in. Let us know whenever you want to. You know, uh, uh, come to Cleveland. And bring a friend. You know, we, we, we may allow you to bring somebody with you. Please, uh, be a show friend, bro. Be a show friend. We have show friends here. We do. We have guys that come on the show and are welcome on the show whenever they feel like coming on. You will bump all those guys out. Exactly. You, you don't understand what kind of, what level of, 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 you know, that gets you to here in Cleveland. Everybody wants to be on this show. They don't know it yet, though. Exactly. You could be the guy that makes them understand. Oh, no, you ain't been on two guys in the mic yet? What y'all waiting for? What y'all yep, waiting so for? We're counting on you being in the bronze uniform next year, my man. But look, just, let's go ahead. And, uh, oh, no. We got to talk about the Hall of Fame real quick. Yeah, so that I was saying. I, I was just okay. about to transition into that let's talk about the hall of fame selection um the the hall of fame committee you know announced their um 2021 class well actually this year's ceremony will probably be one of the better ceremonies because you've got to do 2020 and 2021 um so that should be an interest that's going to be a long ceremony for one but it would be interesting to see all those guys go in you know, together. Right. So, um, but, you know, they left out Clay Matthews. He made it Again. to the, what do they call the modern era? He was a modern era finalist. Yeah. Guy played 20 years in the league, I think 21 years in the league. Uh, a starter almost all 21. Very durable, great numbers. And for whatever reason, he got snubbed again. And they're letting guys in that are like, to me, you know, not showing, you know, a Cleveland bias, but some of those guys to me are just. Eh, Listen, tell me know. this. Tell me this, bro. Seriously. 
do you I'm gonna ask you a series of questions here. Do yeah. you think John Lynch is a Hall of Famer? No. Borderline. Okay. Borderline. Okay. You know what? I won't say no. I mean, John Lynch was a very so, good, so, good football player. I, I agree with you. But Bo- 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 borderline Hall of Famer. Okay, so he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Is what is this his second time being on the list? I think uh, it might have been his third. I'm I not think, I think sure. it might be his third. I actually think it might be his third. So I have an issue like you have an issue. To me, they're fringe guys that get this pass, but they didn't do as much as, as our guys or some of the guys that should get in are. Like I have no issue with Calvin Johnson. He, no. I mean, freaking Megatron. He's freaking me- didn't we just didn't I just have a rant? About Detroit having some of the best, right. two of the best that's ever done right. it. It's Megatron. It's freaking Megatron. So I don't have an issue with Megatron. I ain't got a problem with Peyton. First Battle Hall of Famers, as he should have been and as uh, Calvin should have been. But y'all have been sitting on, because let's be real, Drew Pearson should have been in a damn Hall of Fame. Yeah. What are we still waiting for to put this dude in? So he makes it in this year, finally. Why? What made this year different than last year when he didn't make it in? Or the year before right. that, he didn't make it in. Alan Fanica is a Hall of Famer. Why is it this year that he, he should decided he should have been in there? Right. That's where my issue is. Like, what made this year the year for a guy that is clearly a Hall of Famer? Alan Fanica is a Hall of Famer. I'm not mad that he's in the Hall of Fame. Right. He's still in the Hall of Fame. But what made this year the year versus Clay? Because Clay Matthews was everything that you said he was plus some. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. He led the league in tackles uh, three times, I believe. He's not some regular dude who's only famous because his son was a superstar for a period of time. Yeah, he's very durable. You know, to play 20 years in the league at linebacker, that's the position you don't play 20 years at. You don't play 20 years at linebacker, especially an old school, and this may come off the wrong way and people may hear it and be like, what the hell is he? He's an old school white dude. He's not, listen, I remember the first time I seen his son run. I said, that's Clay Matthews Jr.? You can put together all the tape of Clay Matthews Sr. running like in, in clips. You'll never see him move as fast as his son. No, he never. was not a fast dude. He was slow as hell, but he no. was so instinctive. His football IQ was ridiculous, and he could tackle. His Tackling, which is what I've been mad at in terms of our linebackers for a long time. This dude will tackle you. He'll tackle anybody. Yeah. He didn't care. He was going in there. He was making that tackle, and that was it. Which is why he led the league in tackles before. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But because now I'll tell you this: had he been a linebacker for the 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 Giants, had he been on a San Francisco team that won the Super Bowl. Had he been in Dallas, he'd he have been in the Hall of Fame for 10 years now. 
And, but, and that's but, why I was kind of surprised that sometimes in NFL, they play politics. So the year that um, New Orleans won the Super Bowl, you know, they went ahead and put Ricky Jackson in, which I still to this day don't think Ricky Jackson is a Hall of Fame linebacker. Ricky, listen, Ricky Jackson's numbers are under uh, Clay Matthews. Yeah, and, on, and, on, and on top of that, if you was going to put Ricky Jackson in, you had to put the other three linebackers in, too. You had to have to put Sam Mills. Yep. Um, hey, listen, and Sam and Mills Dunford. deserved to be in before Ricky Jackson. Let's be yeah. real. <laughs> exactly. Let's be I, real. I didn't understand. Like, I don't understand what goes into their thinking. And, and just a little caveat, you know, the baseball um, voters are assholes. I mean, you don't put nobody I mean, in the Hall of Fame. How do you not buy a whole year? You don't put nobody in. I hate them. I hate those old white men. I hate those old white men. Yep. Again, I may be saying something a little controversial, but at least I ain't calling a guy who happens to be in the same race as uh, the Iron Sheik, uh, the Iron Sheik. That's what my (laughs) partner does. But if we're going to be controversial, we're going to be under the bus with you. I can't stand (laughs) those old white dudes. Old white dudes decide the fate of people who do things, these particular old white dudes, decide the fate of guys that do things that they can't freaking do. These guys can't hit a baseball, but they're the guys that deciding a guy who does hit a baseball, whether they should be or not into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, like, you don't put nobody, now the thing, now, now the one positive thing is that finally, you know, Clemens and uh, Barry oh, Bonds, oh, Bonds, they're, they're, Bonds they're had the highest close. number. Bonds had the highest yeah. number. I think it was 61%. Right. So he's close. He's getting close. You know, but the fact that you don't put, and then you snub Omar again. And here, here, here's here's my thing. Here, here's another problem I have with all Hall of Fames is that for the most part, they just look at – like baseball, they move, they they lean toward just offensive numbers, right? Which I hate because um, a yeah. defensive guy that can make this much of an impact on the game as yeah. offensive guy. And if you put Ozzie Smith in, I was there's no difference baby. between there's no difference between Ozzie Smith and Omar Vizquel. It's just go. that Ozzie Smith was the first of his kind. He was the first flashy shortstop. So yeah, so he always took precedent over Omar. But Omar, man, when you go back and watch his highlight, he made some of the most incredible uh, plays in the history of the game at that position. The streak of Golden Gloves at shortstop. Who owns that? I'm. I'm. Who owns that? The Vizcarra. Oh, oh, Omar. Oh, it's Omar. So stop telling me this dude ain't great. There's a reason that there's 11 straight gold gloves in this dude's house. Right. There's a reason. And, 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 then, and even in football, like a guy that specializes in kickoff returns because the special teams, they don't get consideration. Now they'll put Not their cleats. Yeah, they, they, they'll put their cleats and they'll put their jerseys and stuff like that for breaking records in the Hall of Fame. But why don't they get, because they were at their position, like Charlie White shoes, you know the guys yeah, that even as we as we came draft cribs. Like when you go back I mean, and watch his highlight reel, he was like, "Yeah, he was one of the best oh, returners oh, of all time." I'm with you. I'm I'm saying, yeah. 
guys like Charlie White Shoes, who really was just a returner. Like, that's all he did. That's it. Uh, uh, freaking uh, the Ice Cube. The Cube was great, too. We, we tend to skip over the Cube because he came kind of like before Metcalf and before. But, but listen, the Cube was cold. Right. He didn't score as many touchdowns as Metcalf. He didn't score as many touchdowns as Cribs. But the Ice Cube was cold. He was nice right. for what he did. Now, I don't know that he needs to be in the Hall of Fame, but I understand what you're saying. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah but but least speaking, even um like there's know, a specification for that, and it should be. Like right. why, why is there more so kickers? It's 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 what? It's two kickers in the damn Hall of Fame. It needs to be more than that, though. Yeah. It got that's what I'm saying. It needs to be more kickers. It needs to be more punters. Where are like you can't keep telling me. If you're if you're telling me a guy like Alan Fanica, who deserves to be there, gets in, what are we basing this on? What what stats it, does it's, Alan one, it's one freaking punter in the in the Hall of Fame, to my knowledge. And it needs to be more. There's, right. There's more than one dude that has, that has specifically been a kicker or a punter that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, is there any great punters that I can just call off the top of my head? No. But I'll guarantee you, if you touted the one punter that's there, and if you let in more punters, you'd get more. But I don't and think I, that they don't way, man. And, and I, I agree with you. I think that these guys focus mostly uh, on offense. They mostly just say, how many touchdowns did he have? How many yards did he run for? Uh, you know, how many how many touchdowns did he throw for? How many touchdowns did he catch? How many receptions? Uh, like, why the hell was Chris Carter waiting around until three, four years ago to get into the Hall of Fame? Are you kidding me? Yeah, because he pissed somebody off because he's that's, straight that's shooter. It. That's all it comes that's it. That's it. That's all, bro. It's only because somebody had their panties in a bunch. And you know, women ain't the only people that wear pants. Yeah, same thing with T.O. That's come on. T.O. How the hell did T.O. not? Why was he not a first ballot? That was just some vindication type of thing that somebody was holding, trying to get back at him for all the years that he was being an asshole to him. That's it. That's it. Gerald Owens, I don't give a damn what he did or what he didn't do. Gerald Owens is a first ballot Hall of Fame. And you are a piece of crap as a journalist if you don't vote him in. Like I lost. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a couple of guys that won't get a sniff because of their so-called antics. Um, yeah. Chad Johnson. You look at Chad Johnson's numbers. Chad Johnson got great numbers, and he was a Chad great Johnson receiver. Should be a first ballot Hall of Famer too. First ballot. He's not going to be, but he should be. No, he's not. Matter of fact, he's eligible. He's, he's he's eligible now to go in, and uh, you don't even hear his name. Yeah, at all, right? I was getting ready to say that. And, and when did we hear him even mention? We didn't. Even it may, know. He may he may have hope, man, because it took Edron James a minute. But to get listen, him. the edge, the edge is different. Edron was slightly different. I don't know that edge was the was the first ballot guy. He no. should be there. But I don't know that he was a first ballot guy. He's in. He got in. He got in last year. 
Well, no, so, that's what I'm saying. Like, I thought he should have been in. I thought he was a Hall of Famer, but I wasn't sure that he was a first ballot guy. Right. Guys like, like, who was better than Chad when Chad played other than T.O.? At that point in time, Moss was still in the league. I mean, but come on. You're talking about the three. Best, yeah. One of those, two of those. He was still are, going up against uh, 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 Torrey Houghton. Um, but listen, uh, and all those guys are in. Isaac Bruce. I don't, right think, with him. I don't think Torrey is in. Isaac Bruce is in, right? Isaac Bruce is in, and Torrey should be in, too. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, right. So like, all like of those guys, Isaac Bruce is in. Ocho all Cinco. of those guys are right there. Right. All of those guys is right there. Like to me, yeah. to me, to say that, to say that Ocho ain't equivalent to Isaac Bruce is absolutely ridiculous. To say that Ocho ain't equivalent to, and I hated Ocho because he played in, 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 in Cincy. We're not saying that uh, Hushman Zada should go to the Hall of Fame. Right. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you who should. Chad should. Chad Johnson should be, should be in the Hall of Fame eventually. And I'll be honest with you, I think he should be a Hall of, uh, a first ballot Hall of Fame. Uh, just like T.O., I think that when I look at my list of the greatest wide receivers ever, Chad is like probably, in the, he's probably in my top 10. Yeah. Probably. So, look, really, so, 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 Get your act together and, and 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 leave your biases at home and put the guys in. That, so these guys have bled, fought, got endured all types of pain, got crooked fingers and all that stuff. Yeah, because you, you, you don't know how important that is to some of those guys. So some guys don't care. Some guys understand what it is, and they're not. You know, it's like if I get in, I get in. If I don't, I don't. But to some of these guys, man, like, you know, like That's Chris Carter, he cried when he didn't get in like that yeah. first time. Chris Carter. Yeah. Because he said that was important. He's like, that's something that he wanted to make sure that his, his children saw. He was like, he don't know how long he'll be here. So he's like, he wanted to make sure his children saw him go in. Listen, Chris Carter yeah. waited a long ass time and it should have never taken that long for Chris Carter to be in the Hall of Fame. But Chris Carter was an asshole. So, you know, they took it out on him. Because he was an asshole. And oh, and then they were like, oh, well, we can't promote. I heard this. I read this. Oh, we can't promote drug use. Bitch, you know how many people are already in the Hall of Fame that, look, Lawrence Taylor was the first ballot Hall of Famer. You didn't have a problem with right. that. And, then he did, and, and that was early in Chris Carter's career. Way early when he was in Philly. Way early when he was in Philly. Yeah, you're right. Like, Lawrence Taylor was high on the field <laughs> for years. <laughs> he was high as hell out there. Balling. He was high as hell in the game of play. In the game of play. And y'all right. gave him a first ballot because you couldn't deny his talent. So how do you deny the talent that Chris Carter had? I mean, Chris Carter was probably the most consistent <laughs> other than like Steve Largent and, and, and Ozzie Newsom during our generation. Who was more consistent than them? Exactly. Had but the best hands, uh, you know, I, I've seen. I, I, I agree. Listen, because of, and Sean is going to be mad that I say this, but because of Chris Carter, 
it led to guys like um uh, uh what's his name? Oh smiley face from Pittsburgh, uh uh Wolf. Okay. It led to those guys. It led to that type of a, a receiver. It led to the, the guy that wasn't super fast, but had great technique, great route running, great work ethic, and awesome hands. Heinz Ward exactly. was that. Heinz Ward was that. I don't like Heinz Ward as a, as a football player because he played with the Steelers and he killed the Browns. I don't like that. However, Again, this is what I'm saying from earlier. I understand what football talent equates to. So Chris Carter was that guy, and he made guys like him understand. I ain't gotta, I ain't gotta run four two, four three, four four. Right. I can be a four six guy, be on the slot, and just get open. Just have my technique cold. But Chris was on the edge. Chris was the first. And second, he only became the second receiver because Randy Moss showed up. Like, yep. so, like, people miss that kind of stuff. And again, this is another reason why I only do this show with my brother, man, because Sean understands that stuff. I don't have to convince Sean what I'm talking about or where I'm coming from because we actually watch the games, whichever sport we're talking about. And we understand it, whether we're being biased or not. We do understand how the game should be played. And that's what makes this show awesome. And that's why Levante David. (laughs) 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 He brought it full circle. (laughs) He brought it all the way back around on y'all. Levante David, you need to be in Cleveland. So you can be on this show every week. You'll have a whole segment to yourself in our midweek show, man. Exactly. We'll we'll sit back and let you talk and tell and, us. And 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 I'll bring you donuts and hot cider. <laughs> Are you on the show? You have refreshments. Hot donuts too. We yeah. won't get them until the light is Krispy on. Krispy like the yeah, like Krispy Kreme, authentic. Not them gas station Krispy Kreme. I'm talking nah, about Krispy Kreme. Nah, nah, we go straight to the Krispy Kreme spot when the, when the light come on. Uh, right. We're here for that dozen for uh, uh, Mr. Levante David. Exactly. You know, why everybody talking about every other uh, washed up dude in the league, we got a guy uh, who actually covered the guy who uh, plays for the AFC champions. We need that guy. We need that guy because we trying to be the AFC champions. Exactly. We trying to be world champions. And listen, yeah, that's the only way. Look, we gotta be the world champions to be the world champions. That's so true. That's why we're trying to go for that guy. Like y'all looking for other other dudes and you know guys that ain't even playing right now. Let's look for guys that are gonna actually make an impact for the Browns. Right. Uh, so uh, that that being said, you know I'm angry at the Hall of Fame for not allowing my guy. Listen, if Clay Matthews. Junior makes it into the Hall of Fame before his father. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna be even more more unhappy. Right, and that's shoot that that could be happening soon. So it could be happening soon. Definitely can happen soon. But look, partner, it should. It should. I'm, but I'm gonna be unhappy, bro. Right. Um, I'm about to pass out. So don't pass out. Uh, Let's yeah. just go ahead and end the show so you can go to sleep. So yeah, I gotta get up out. early in the morning. Hey, listen, I hate to do it, bro. I, I, I don't want to do that. 
Yeah, I'm I'm, work, I'm literally like on fumes right now. So, <laughs> well, listen, bro. I'm glad that uh, we were able to get this show out of the way. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, yeah. My last my last few takes are, you know, for you guys that are listening or want to check in on us. Uh, y'all can check in on us on every streaming platform on the audio side, uh, Google. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor. I'm trying to think of what. Why, why, why am I having a, a damn brain fart? Uh, we're Anchor, on Anchor, Spotify. We're on Spotify. Thank you, uh, uh, John. We're on uh, IG and Facebook. If you go to the YouTube page, y'all can comment. Please hit the subscribe button. All of those streaming platforms, whether it's video or audio, are two guys in a mic, 216. Holla at us. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Talk to us. Uh, get back at us. And we will uh, try to comment back with you guys. Sean, thank you so much for finding some energy to do this show tonight. Uh, we will see y'all some point in the midweek. Um, yes, sir. Got, uh, stick with us. Y'all have a good night. Everybody be safe, Sean. You have anything? No, I'm good, man. I'm done. So you guys have a good week. Everybody be safe and uh, stay warm. Man, stay out this cold. Please stay warm, man. All right, y'all. Peace. Love you, bro. Love you, too. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us later on this week as our midweek podcast will be streaming. Until then, peace.